Hey, so I'm so excited. I want to share with you about one of our new sponsors, Starglow Media. They have this amazing show for all of you with younger kids called Mysteries About True Histories. Every episode follows Max and Molly, who have just been recruited into a secret order of problem solvers and on adventures through time packed with puzzles and hidden equations, histories, and laughs. You all know Alana, our co-founder at Sproutable. She listened to the show with her seven-year-old and loved it. They would pause the show and try to figure out the math problems together, loved learning about different cultures and the histories around the world. The series explores themes like the stories behind math, critical thinking, code breaking, pattern solving, and so much more. Math is geared Math is what they call it. Math is geared towards kids six and over, but can be enjoyed by the entire family. Episodes drop every Thursday, and they're about 15 minutes, perfect length for the car rides, mealtime, break time, bedtime. Each episode is stacked with so much laughter, and your kiddos won't even realize how much they're learning. So tune into Mysteries About True Histories math with your kids. You can follow and listen on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your pods. The Joyful Courage Parenting Podcast episode 44 is being brought to you today by joyfulcourage.com. Did you know friends that I am more than just a podcast host? I also run a website and on that website you will find all the podcast episodes as well as blog posts and online and live offers. I've got all sorts of e-courses that you can take advantage of for a range of cost. There are courses, the Journey to Joy course is a three-part course that helps you broaden your awareness about how you are possibly inviting some of the challenges that you're seeing with your kids and how to make a shift and take your awareness to choice and into action. Another popular course is called the Centered Parenting e-course. It's a five-week course on demand including videos that dig into positive discipline tools, meditations that help you in that mindset shift, and e-workbooks that help you kind of really dig into your own internal experience in places where you might be getting stuck. There's also a six-week e-course called the Family Meeting e-course that takes you, just like it says, from you know zero to six weeks and you are running your own family meetings with your family developing skills, practicing problem solving, and building relationship. So be sure to head on over to the joyfulcourage.com website and see if there's an offer there for you. Now on to the show. I am honored, honored to get to bring Rebecca Ames onto the show today. If you don't know who she is, she is the force behind the Positive Parenting Toddlers and Beyond Facebook page. And the reason I think that you possibly might just know about that page is because she's got like, I don't know, 700,000 likes or something crazy. She posts all day long tools and tips and resources that are helpful for parents who are walking the path of positive parenting. She wrote a book and it's coming out really soon. And from the back of the book, I'm just going to read to you the promo. In this eagerly anticipated guide, Ainz shares her hard-won wisdom for overcoming limiting thought patterns and recognizing emotional triggers, as well as connecting with kids at every stage, establishing trust and communication, and troubleshooting the most common behavioral problems. 
This is an empowering resource for any parent who wants to ease anger and frustration, end the downward spiral of acting out and punishment, and foster an emotional connection that helps kids gain self-discipline and confidence and create lasting loving bonds. Hello. It's exactly what I love to talk about, right? So you can tell I'm excited. I am so thrilled that you get to listen in on the very real and very candid conversation that I had with Rebecca about her journey to positive parenting, the good, the bad, and the ugly. I really appreciated her willingness to keep it real. And um, I just know you're going to love it. So listen in and let me know what you think. Let's meet Rebecca. Hey there, Rebecca. Welcome to the Joyful Courage Parenting Podcast. Hey, Casey. Thank you. Please tell the listeners a little bit about you and your journey to doing what you do. I am a mom to uh, two little boys. Well, they're not all that little anymore. They're nine and seven now. But um, when they were uh, three and one, um, I was uh, really parenting rather traditionally. Um, and our connection just pretty much broke. We were just um, having a really difficult time with it, with timeouts being constant. And um, I feel like that we just lost the, the strong bond and connection that we had. And, and you know, it just it really broke my heart. And it, I felt like that it was just time for a change. I decided that this was not going to be our story, that we were going to do something different. And I started doing some research, um, and I came across a positive parenting um, and started putting that into practice, and it really just changed our lives. It changed our home atmosphere. It made um, it made us so much stronger. Our connection came back. I, you know, the, the light in my son's eyes came back, and um, it was really just amazing for us. And I wanted to um, I wanted to get this message out there to as many moms um, and dads as I could who may have uh, you know been struggling with the same thing, with the feeling disconnected and not knowing where to turn or what to do. Um, so, you know, I've made it my work for the last, I think, six years now to just really get this message out there that there is a way to um, to parent that doesn't involve uh, constant power struggles and disconnection, and it doesn't have to be so hard. Yeah, I really resonate with your story around starting off one way and really having it feel not good, having right. it feel like there must be a better way. My kids were... I think two and four, two and five when I discovered positive discipline and it totally shifted the dynamics in our home. And yeah. I was super motivated to um, to get the word out and share it with as many people as I can. So you have a Facebook page, right? right. Positive mm-hmm. Parenting, um, Toddlers and Beyond, which uh, I just need to point out has 696 thousand likes on it so clearly the way that you share is you know getting out there and people are hearing your message and it's such a great community where I always go there when I'm looking for good things to share I go to your page oh cool because it's just always chock full of really juicy articles and you know picture posts with really sweet messages and so I really appreciate that oh thank you yeah, and, and I've been really looking forward to this conversation as you are someone that I want everyone to know about. Um, and today I want to talk specifically about one of your most recent posts, which was 
Disciplining Your Highly Sensitive Child. I'll put the link in the show notes. But you write in this article, my firstborn is highly sensitive. I didn't realize this fact until he was three, and I didn't fully understand it until he was four and a half when I read Ted Zeff's book, The Strong Sensitive Boy. Without the knowledge and understanding of my son's sensitivity, I disciplined him in ways that damaged his self-esteem and our bond. So it sounds like this kind of aligned with that period of time where you started to look for something different. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about that. It did. Um, Well, I I didn't really understand um, his sensitivity at first. I just kind of thought that he was uh, testing me. You know, we hear all these messages that are pretty negative um, about children at that age. He was three, so Mm -hmm. it was the thunderous threes. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So, you know, I pretty much assumed uh, for a while that he he was just testing me. He was seeing what he could get away with. um, And so it it was... um, it was when I picked up, I, I don't know where I first heard this, the term sensitive child. It, it was probably in my, my search of positive parenting that this came up. Um, but when I found out that he was highly sensitive, it, it just kind of, um, it all really clicked for me. It was like, oh, okay, <laughs> this is what's happening with him. This is this is why timeouts are so hurtful for him because, you know, I've seen other children be put in timeout. It, it's very common, you know, uh, form of discipline with yeah. my friends and such and um, you know those kids will go and they'll sit in in the chair for such and such amount of time and then they'll get up and toddle off on their way and it doesn't seem to affect them all that much um, but you know for him it was really really heartbreaking mm-hmm. and, and he would just have these uh, big emotional reactions to it and um, you know I thought that was defiance not not pain not hurt um, so it was really key to, to understanding him to find out that, that he had this um, highly sensitive trait. Yeah. Isn't it interesting how we can, we, the adults can misinterpret behavior and respond to it in a way that just kind of keeps the cycle going, right? So when I first discovered positive, before I discovered positive discipline, my, my little circular dynamic that was happening as my daughter was mean to her little brother and you know I was mama bear with this little guy and so I was hurtful to her mm-hmm. in response she was hurtful to him and I couldn't you know I never smacked her or anything but definitely intimidation shame blame showed up in my parenting trying to get her to be better to her brother mm-hmm. but all of that was translated to her as I feel hurt and the best target for this is this little guy. So it sounds like, you know, as you used a tool that was common, is common, continues to be a common tool for parents, um, and then found your son that it wasn't helpful and misreading that as defiance, my guess is it's like, lots of parents, it's like, okay, how can I up the ante? Yeah. Right? That's what it was. Yeah. Yeah. And, And it ended up probably being put in timeout every hour it seemed and um you know who wants to live like that I mean our days were just completely stressed out and everybody went to bed feeling terrible and um no I mean I just I refused to live that way with him um so yeah we we had to we had to do something to change that and I'm so thankful that I came across the information when I did while he was still young because Mm -hmm. I can't imagine the effect that it would have had on him to keep going down that road you know I was doing behavior charts and sticker charts and you know, I had a I had a chart where I had three um, smiley faces that on the back side 
um, had sad faces mm -hmm. and, you know, they were hanging in the playroom and if he, you know, did something that was, that I perceived was misbehavior, I would flip one of them around to a sad face, you know, and mm -hmm. at, when he got three sad faces, he had, you know, he had to go to timeout and, you know, I, so I tried all these different little tips and tricks that you read about and try, you know, from the internet and it was just, it just made him behave worse. Um, the, the farther away that he emotionally became from me, the worse his behavior um, the worst his behavior got and you know so it was just a downward spiral and I, I feel like a lot of us really get caught in that trap of societal expectations that we we think that we have to put our foot down and we have to roll with an iron fist or they're going to walk all over us and we don't take the time to step back and look at what's going on inside the in, inside of our kids hearts emotionally and um, and mentally so I think it's, it's just really important for us to, to take that step back and to say what's really going on because mm -hmm. you know when I when I was able to do that I could see that it was he had had a new baby brother and you know there were just things going on that was causing this emotional reaction in him mm -hmm. but that I was just perceiving it as defiance right. and that was you know that doesn't do a, a, a service for him or for our family um, to just keep seeing him that way yeah yeah. Well, and I think too, you know, the, 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 the toll that it takes on the relationship too. I, I always come back to with the parents that I work with, the relationship that you have with your child is the most powerful tool for influencing behavior, mm -hmm. right? I mean, that's, yes, one thing is to look at the beliefs and the feelings behind behavior, but also taking a look at when was the last time I had one-on-one -on -one time with this child? You know, how is our relationship right now? And whenever I remember, whenever I get in the muck with my kids and I can, you know, recognize mm -hmm. I'm there and take a step back and start asking myself some questions around how is relationship right now? It's usually like, oh, we have not had a lot of one-on-one -on -one time or I have been rather commanding and controlling lately. And, you know, when I start there and shifting and changing, it's amazing what happens. I don't even need to often address the behavior that was challenging because it takes care of itself. So let's yeah. talk a little bit about the word discipline. I feel like this word is so misunderstood on so many levels and popular culture seems to see it as how we punish or give consequences to kids when they're doing something wrong. How do you define what it means to discipline a child? This podcast is sponsored by Active Skin Repair, a skin health company helping people heal with natural, non-toxic, medical-grade ingredients. So as the weather warms up, we're outside gardening or doing yard work. There are so many opportunities for skin issues, right? And for me, it's always a mystery to know what's going to irritate my skin, but I'm definitely out there itching and scratching. But the good news is active skin repair always seems to save the day. Active skin repair can be used to treat a wide range of skin issues, including cuts, scrapes, burns, sunburns, rashes, and other types of skin damage. It's also safe and non-toxic, making it suitable for use on all skin types, all parts of the body, and even on rosacea, eczema, and acne-prone skin. Here's what I want you to do. Visit ActiveSkinRepair.com to learn more about Active Skin Repair and get 20% off your order when you use code JOYFUL. Again, that's www.ActiveSkinRepair.com. Find out more about the product and get 20% off your order when you use the code JOYFUL. 
Warmer, sunnier days are calling. Thank God, spring into summer is my favorite time of year. After turning 50 last September, I've been really working on my physical health and well being and can honestly say that I am feeling better in my body than I have felt in a very long time. Yes, credit goes to movement and working out, but even more credit goes to how I'm feeding my body. That's why I love Factor. I fuel up with Factor's no prep, no mess meals, 35 different meal choices, and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every week. I always have a new flavor to explore. It's amazing. You can crush your wellness goals this May, keep time in the kitchen to a minimum, and enjoy effortless support for the lifestyle you want to be living with dietitian approved meals and ingredients you can trust from Factor. Head over to factormeals.com slash joyful50 and use the code joyful50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code joyful50 at factormeals.com slash joyful50. Again, that's 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. Yes, yes, yes. Join me. Join me in the health revolution and feel really good this summer. Well, I think that that's exactly how I how I defined it in the beginning of my parenting mm-hmm. journey. Um, discipline was me getting control of his behavior in, in whatever way that I could. You know, I didn't smack either, but um, I certainly uh, wielded my parental authority. Yeah, yeah. I was mean. Yeah. <laughs> I was straight up mean. <laughs> um, but now, you know, now I see it as as helping um, helping him to learn self discipline. Yeah. And what can I do to help him? to learn how to, to control his own behavior, his own emotions. Um, because I, I'm not always going to be there to smack his hand away, you know, um, so to speak. I'm not always going to be there to you know, give him that mama eye that says, you're not supposed to do that. And we have to, we, we have to equip them with what they need right. to be able to manage these things. And that, that, you know, that comes in teaching them, um, about their emotions and, and to be emotionally intelligent and, you know, all these things come into play. But, at first, it was it was uh, it was learning to to see discipline as something that I teach him, not something that I do to him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that. I always try to whenever things come up and um, my kids have a challenging time with something or aren't showing up as their best in one situation or another, I always try to think about okay, what are the what are the missing skills? Mm-hmm. And then what are what will they need to navigate this same situation should it come up again, right? And with our younger kids, it's you know it's touching the fireplace, right? Right. And with our older, you know, with my son, we talk about you know being at the park in our neighborhood and having being around a bunch of kids that maybe are talking about things that are inappropriate or you know daring each other to do things that are not safe and like how can he have the skills to navigate that to save face but to also get out right and get out of that situation so rather than I can't believe you did that and now here you're punished for you know you're grounded or whatever how can I equip him so that the next time he knows how to handle it better which I love I love that that was Um, the big shift that was one of the big shifts for me because 
when you look at it that way, when you look at it and say, how, what can I, what can I equip this child with? It's going to help him to handle this better in the future. Um, sitting in a corner or having his Xbox taken away for the day doesn't come into play anymore. That's right. just not going to help him um, in the long term. So that was a huge shift for me in getting away from punishments and uh, in timeouts and such things because, you know, that's not going to sitting in sitting with your nose in the corner isn't going to help equip a child for um, with better with better skills that he's going to need uh, the next time. Yeah. So let's go back to this highly sensitive piece too. So tell listeners a little bit. How do you determine if your child is highly sensitive? What are some of the traits? For kids that are highly sensitive? I went on um, hsperson.com um, and they have they have a quiz on there which you can actually take and once I got on there uh, I pretty much ticked off just about everything on the list. Um, mm-hmm. There's things like startles easily, um, it seems very intuitive which was definitely uh, my son doesn't enjoy big surprises you know this is the boy who doesn't want us to sing happy birthday or, mm-hmm. uh, you know, he doesn't want big to-dos over things. Um, asks a lot of questions, uh, prefers quiet play, asks deep thought-provoking questions, very sensitive to pain. So, you know, there, there are a lot of different aspects to it. You know, if you read about the orchid child, um, you know, this talks about children who uh, are, are highly sensitive to their environment and to the way that they're parented specifically. Mm-hmm. They're highly reactive to stress, um, so, and I think Elaine Aaron, who wrote The Highly Sensitive Child, she calls it a sensory processing sensitivity. So they notice more about their environment and the people around them. Mm-hmm. And I think for my son, his is, um, he's a, a sensitive in a lot of sensory aspects with uh, loud noises, um, with water temperature. You know, if the water's just slightly over lukewarm, it's scalding hot, <laughs> you know. <laughs> uh, so, and uh, the, I think hsperson.com is a good place to start for parents who want to know if their, child, if their children are highly sensitive. There's a quiz on there. Great. I'm putting it in the show notes too. Oops. So listeners, you can get there um, through a link in the show notes. So in your article, which is both on your website, positive-parents.org, as well as on the Creative Child website, you, you go into what I see as traditional discipline and how it's actually hurtful and not helpful to these kids, and I would say all kids, um, some of what you talk about are practices that are go-to for many parents and may be perceived as, help, perceived as helpful in the short term. And I think that's absolutely the story of timeout, right? Right. And I often will ask parents, you know, oh, well, timeout works for us. I said, so, and I say, so you don't have to use it anymore? <laughs> well, no. <laughs> it's like, well, okay. Um, what do you say... To parents, do you work one-on-one with parents? Do you do? No. Okay, you don't work. But, I mean, your page is so active, and I'm sure that you have – I can't even imagine how many people that are making comments and sending you messages. And when you get those people that say, but this worked for me and I'm okay, how do you respond to that mindset? My question in response to that is always, yeah, but why does it work? Because I think that children will do just about anything to maintain a bond with their parents. Yeah. You know, they'll do they'll do anything to feel secure and loved and included and accepted. And um, so that makes it seem like it's working because, yeah, they'll stop doing that for a short period of time in order to feel okay again with you. Yeah. But that doesn't, that doesn't mean that it's, that it's really working. So 
Um, that's my answer to that question. Why, why does it work? Right. If, if it's working just because the child is scared of losing that closeness and contact with you, then is that, is that really your goal? Is that, is that what you're going for? And I don't think it, I don't think that's the goal for any parent. Yeah. I'm with you. I love that response. And I'm all about connection and skill building, like I said, and still, I know that I slip into some of these practices at times when I'm, especially my tone, <laughs> uh-huh. um, when I, especially when I'm overwhelmed, right? If I'm overwhelmed or feeling desperate. And I often hear from my tribe and my clients that they're committed to positive parenting and find it so challenging to put into practice, not w- of course, not when everything's going well, but when things start to get really hot. Can you speak a little bit into that struggle? Yeah, that's definitely my experience too. Um, right now, I'm you know, currently a homeschooling mom. I've got two boys in two different grade levels that I've been teaching at home for three years now. God bless and, you. You know, <laughs> thank you. I tell my and, kids, do you really want to be with me all day? And they're like, mm, no. <laughs> so well done. Yeah. Well, we, yeah, we've recently moved to a new area and they're going to be going probably to private school in fall, mm-hmm. but that's a, that's a different story for another podcast. <laughs> but, um, so I, I can certainly relate to this, to, to the stress of it, you know, writing a book, promoting this book. Uh, you know, I write in like the middle of the night. I've written, my, this is my third book. So, you know, I've written between, um, between cleaning up puke and <laughs> diaper changes and mm-hmm. 3 a.m. And, um, so homeschooling my kids and, and writing this book and promoting this book and keeping up with my page um, and writing, for, you know, I write for Creative Child Magazine and Baby Maternity Magazine. So I can certainly relate to being a stressed out mama. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I'll always say that I can tell in my kids' behavior whenever my behavior gets off track because they're complete mirrors of me. Mm-hmm. So whenever... I, I tell the story that my, whenever my children were slightly younger than they are now, they were, we had just been having such a hard time. And I was thinking, man, this positive parenting is not working anymore. What is going on? What is the deal? They're supposed to be behaving better and minding. And, you know, my son was, my oldest son was kind of getting, um, uh, just seemed like he was back talking constantly. And we call it in the South, we say they're mouthy. I don't know if you <laughs> use that term. <laughs> back talk. Yeah. yeah, and I, I think I could translate mouthy. If I heard it, I'd know exactly what it meant. <laughs> uh-huh. And my younger one at that time was going through this aggressive phase, which I thought would never end. And I was mm-hmm. like, what is going wrong? But when when I really looked at it, um, they were just mocking my behavior because mm-hmm. that was a time when, you know, I suffer with a panic disorder and I have these panic attacks and anxiety that get worse and then get better and then gets worse again. And during those times when it's worse, um, my kid's behavior is worse because my behavior is worse. So it all ties in. Yeah. Um, yeah. How do you catch yourself when you know you're in overwhelm and you see the mirror? I, you know, I would think that first recognizing like, oh, here I am is the first right. step. But then what are your go-to ways of, you know, kind of coming back to rational and calm and center? It's usually we. The first thing is I have to admit it, you know, to my mm-hmm. kids. I'm like, listen, you know what? <laughs> Here's what's going on. I'm really sorry. My behavior is is not in line with our family values, and your behavior is not in line with our family values. So let's get, let's get back on track because it's important to, I think, for them to see that I'm completely human and that I'm not perfect 100 percent of the time or even five percent of the time. Um, 
and so you know we just have you I think it's good for them to see that we're gonna we're gonna face it head on apologize for it and get back on track and then we do a change of scenery and a change in routine mm-hmm. that I think is really important just you know for us being homeschooled and us being in the house most of the day um just about every day especially during winter time winter winter was rough yeah <laughs> so it's it's getting out of the house and changing up the routine um is really helpful for us nice well and I like your language around how I'm acting is not in alignment with our family values so do you is though phrase family values is that something that's pretty common language in your home yeah yeah we've we've sat down and we've created together a a family mission statement um and we have our family values posted on the refrigerator and we go over them you know fairly often that's really our our basis you know for the rules of our family um it's it dictates how how we behave with each other how we behave with those around us Mm -hmm. um you know, and, and that's a good, I think that's a really great tool for, for every family to have because that becomes sort of the, um, the boss. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we, we can bring that out and say, hey, we agreed to this at our family meeting and we agree that this is our value and this is what we're going to stick to. And that's, uh, you know, something that I've, I'll talk about in this new book is, is the, a large part of it is talking about the family culture that we create. Yeah. Um, and, and, and making that family mission statement because you have to have a vision, I think, for what you want to create. And for what you, you know, for what you're going to hold yourself and your children accountable to. So, yes, I love that. Tell me more about your book. What, tell me the title of it because I know it's coming out soon, right? Right, it's coming out June seventh. Um, it is Positive Parenting and Essential Guide. Um, and with all of my books, I write I write the books that I wish I would have had when I was learning all of this. Um, mm-hmm. So I think it's really easy to get caught up in discipline methods and behavior management and and to miss the bigger picture. So. This book is about the bigger picture. Um, oh, it's so about great. it's about being intentional in, with our words and actions, and watching our reactions, learning those triggers. Because you know what I've found, um, the hardest part of parenting for me so far hasn't been raising children. It's but it's been raising myself to a higher standard. You know, becoming somebody worthy of imitation. Oh um, yeah. And I think that that's a super important thing that that we don't talk about enough. Um, so. It starts there with important self-work, um, and then it talks about you know being united with your your partner or your spouse, coming on the same page. Because I you know I hear from a lot of parents on my page, how do I get my spouse on board? And that was the catalyst that started this book. Um, it was originally I started this book three years ago, um, and it was originally titled The Couple's Guide to Positive Parenting because it was going to be about how to come together um, and you know just bring everything to the table and get on the same page, but it kind of evolved over time. Uh, and it includes communicating effectively with each other, uh, learning positive communication skills, building trust, defining family culture, um, raising emotionally healthy children, seeing children in a new way. So what I tried to do with this book is to go, to, to broaden the scope, to go beyond discipline methods and uh, behavior modification and look at everything that goes into how our children grow up. Oh, I'm so excited. Yeah, thank you. I I, uh, posted one of your little picture quote things, and it got a big response from my community, which is the 
The quote, so often children are punished for being human. Children are not allowed to have grumpy moods, bad days, disrespectful tones, or bad attitudes. Yes, yet us adults have them all the time. None of us are perfect. We must stop holding our children to a higher standard of perfection than we can attain ourselves. And it sounds like your book really speaks into that mindset. Yes. And that's so exciting. And I love what you said about growing ourselves. My little byline for my business is raising our children while growing ourselves. And I know my story, I was, I was pretty confident going into parenting. I mean, I had been a school teacher. I kind of figured, you know what, I got it. I got it. And then I had my second child and realized, oh, I don't got it. (laughs) (laughs) There is a lot of emotional turmoil going on inside of me that I've got to get a handle on if I want to be connected and in healthy relationship with my kids. So I really appreciate that is something that you value and is a part of your offer as well. I think it's really important for parents to keep in mind. And I also, you know, just even as I say that, you know, listeners knowing too, when you feel like, because I've had people come into my classes and, and they're very adamant about, nope, there's no space between me feeling challenged and me, you know, the trigger and my response. And, you know, when you put your mind to it and when you're intentional and when you're committed to showing up a different way, there, there's no impossible. It's all possible. It just requires practice and commitment. And, and when we slip into those old patterns, which you should expect to happen because those are our familiar ways of being and our bodies always go to familiar – You know, just staying in that place and saying, okay, self-compassion, I am an evolving human being, and how can I, like you said, get back on track, apologize for my behavior, change the scenery, whatever works for you and your family, you know, to come back to a place of connection and peace. And some of my worst parenting moments have actually evolved into some of my most connected time with my daughter especially, simply because of my the amends process that I go to. So I have I wrote a blog post about it one time, just really coming unglued on her, taking time to calm down and going in to make it right. And it was the first time in a long time that she had let me hold her. And the level of connection in that moment was deeper than had I not had my fall apart. Right. So it's just, it's all so juicy and interesting and messy and human. And I love that. Yeah. So back to your really great article. Um, The suggestions for disciplining, I love these suggestions, by the way, my friend. Um, Disciplines to favor. Thank you for that word. So things that are helpful, not hurtful, is what we'd say in positive discipline. Changing our tone. A voice for correction. I saw some somebody asked had a question. How can I be? How can I make my voice serious but not mean? (laughs) (laughs) We don't have a model for this like connected firmness. You know, to most of us, we're grown up, grew up with like firm sounds mean, right? There's a finger pointed and a grumpy look on the face and a loud voice. So when you're talking about, you know, voice tone, tell me a little bit. And you talk about a serious tone is often enough. So 
when you think serious, describe that a little bit, if you don't mind. Um, it's <laughs> that's a hard thing to describe because you just kind of have to hear it. I think that I, I don't know where I, I read this or heard this at, but uh, of parents wearing different hats. Have you heard this? <laughs> you you have like the the playful parent hat and the serious parent hat. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so I think that most of the time you stay in the playful parent, the connected parent hat, you know, the playful, um, giggly, just having fun kind of parent. And then, <laughs> I don't know if my parent, my kids I, would agree that that's the hat <laughs> that I wear most of the time. <laughs> well, there's the controlling hat. There's the, no, just kidding. <laughs> right. <laughs> so yeah. putting on that serious hat. It's, yeah. I mean, it's just, it's just, a, it's so hard to explain, just a subtle tone of voice mm-hmm. and, and. Um, a demeanor just it, and it doesn't have to be the finger wagging yelling thing right. that we're most accustomed to right but um, it's it's just a, it's I think it's a quiet confidence really it's a, um, uh, well, I'm trying to think of the word uh, I love quiet my mind I love quiet but, confidence I think that yeah. that's really powerful because um it also sends a message. I think sometimes when we're in the middle of, quote, discipline, we, you know, well-meaning, loving parents in the heat of our overwhelm can show up as desperate. Mm-hmm. And I think that energy is received by our kids versus what you said, like quiet confidence, right? right. That's a right. really different energy. Like, And I think it's you know, and if the child's out of control and we can show up in our confidence and in our calm, serious nature, like, hey, I got you. No one told us the truth about parenthood. Why? This is the podcast everyone needed before they had kids because now that those little ones are here, whew, there is a lot to unpack. I'm Rachel Shepardota, and I am your host for the podcast, No One Told Us, where we tell the truth about parenting and let you in on all the stuff you really should have known about before having kids. I am the founder of Hey Sleepy Baby, but this podcast is so much more than sleep. We'll be diving into all the topics that you really care about and need to know while you do your best job raising those adorable, tidy humans. Our goal is to just make you feel less alone and less overwhelmed. There are so many things that no one tells us before becoming a parent, and I think that we should really pull back the curtain on becoming a first-time or second-time mom or dad to share the good, the bad, and the ugly. We'll have a little education, a little fun, and a whole lot of heart that goes into each and every episode. So join me and our amazing guests each week to hear us talk about what no one told us. Well, hey there, Busy Mama. Are you looking for ways to make your life easier, your home less chaotic, and at the same time, add more joy to your life? My name is Deanna Yates, and I'm the host of Wanna Be Clutter Free a podcast all about letting go of the stuff we don't need in our lives so that we can focus on what truly matters. Don't worry, I'm not going to tell you to throw it all away or make you feel guilty about keeping something you love, no matter how many other people don't quite understand it. But I will give you practical and, more importantly, actionable advice so that you can make progress right away. And you won't just hear it from me. There are amazing guests, too. It's like having your bestie in your pocket, telling you it's okay to let go of the things that are not serving you and your family in a totally non-judgmental way. So join me over on the podcast where we can work on progress over perfection for those of us that want to be clutter-free. You know, I can handle this and, you know, 
There needs I, to be I love a change. Susan. I love Susan uh, Stiffelman's approach of the captain of the ship. I think that that really puts a um, a good uh, shines a good light on on the way that you want to be during those times. The captain of the ship. You're you're in control, but you've you know you're confident and you you um, step into this position of of I've got this. Um, I'm going to take care of you. You can trust me, and it's okay. Yeah. I so love it's that. a completely different feel and tone than than the typical sit down and do what I say because I say. Right. Uh, yeah. Which is, doesn't actually work anyway. <laughs> no, nope, not at all. And the second thing you uh, write about is connecting before correcting, which we talk a lot about that in positive discipline, and it's so helpful. And it doesn't matter if it's a two-year-old, a seven-year-old, or a 17-year-old, but when you can take time to connect with what's happening in their experience before you launch into any sort of, hey, let's try this, or hey, that's not okay, or whatever the following you know, the second part of the statement, the correction is, it is amazing how much better or how much clearer they hear you, how much more willing they are to be invited into cooperation. So I appreciate that that's on your list. And then you write about replacing time out for time in. Tell me a little bit about time in. Time in um, is we had a uh, little pillow pit, a little penguin pillow pit that we had sitting in our, our playroom, and there was a box of goodies beside it where there was um, some sensory rice in there mm-hmm. um, with some lavender essential oils and things, um, little gems hidden in them to find. There were colors, uh, you know, crayons and coloring books, and there were little – I used to write these little tiny um, – kids' books on construction paper that taught these little life lessons in mm. cute little ways. So we would read through those. Um, it's, there was one of the calm down jars in there that I got off Pinterest somewhere. Yep, with the but glitter. Was, yep. yep. <laughs> I know that we, one too. Yep, had all those. And we had a play-do, uh, balloons stuffed with Play-Doh to squeeze. They had little sad faces and smiley faces and mad faces on them. Mm-hmm. Uh, one, one of my sons used to love to pop balloons. That was like his release of anger. So mm-hmm. we had what we called Mr. Mad Balloons. I, I kept a, a box of little tiny blown-up water balloons that had mad faces drawn on them. So when he was feeling angry, instead of um, smacking his brother upside the head, which he was accustomed to, I would take him, you know, over to our tiny area and say, you know, you're mad. You, you're feeling mad like Mr. Mad. Let's pop a Mr. Mad balloon. And you know, he would, one or two balloons, and he was giggling, and he was perfectly you know, regulated and happy to go again. But oh, it was so such a profound difference um, when I when I gave it the timeouts and I started using this timing tool to bring them into my lap or into this safe space and say, you know, I'm on your side here mm-hmm. and I'm here to help you to get through these big emotions because you don't have to do this alone. I've got your back. So we're, we're going to sit here and we're going to you know, let's let's read these little books. Let's color. Let's um, let's dig through these rocks and let's get your brain calmed down. And then once you're calm, then we're going to talk about this. Mm. But it was so pivotal for me to learn a little bit about the brain science and what goes on in in, in the fight or flight reaction. Um, And when when I learned that they really, when you're in that mode, you can't absorb the information anyway. Yeah. So... Um, it was just really pivotal to learn that information and to take that and apply it with time in to get their minds calm and then to do the teaching. The teaching came after we were connected and, and after they knew that um, that I was on their side. Love it. Have you written yeah. any posts about your time in area and the, the little goodies that are in there for your kids? 
Yeah, there's uh, there's a post on my website called uh, Calm Down Corner My Way. I think that's what it's titled. And I also have one on Creative Child. There, actually, there's a couple on Creative Child about it. Uh, this time in Reward Children uh, was a post that I did recently because I hear that a lot. That's just a reward for bad behavior. They're going to get a snuggle with mom. And that's so it's, sad. It's yeah. so sad that that's what people think. It's like, what? That's so not I, a reward. That's like, I'm the mom. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so I had to address that. Yeah. So that's on, that's on creativechild.com. And I think I also have um, copied that to my website as well. Okay. Well, there, I'm going to, I'm going to search around for them and make sure that they're in the show notes as well for listeners. And the two other pieces that you have in this discipline to favor section are use consequences sparingly, making sure they are related to the offense. Love that. Um, And restoring connection, security, and self-esteem after disciplining a sensitive child. Um, Tell me a little bit about that. Um, I think that consequences is such a a hard topic to navigate these days Mm -hmm. because, um, (laughs) but sometimes I think they're necessary especially as kids get older. Um, like, I'll, I'll, let me just tell you a story because it's easier okay, to convey perfect. in a story. Um, my son is nine now, and he is all into the YouTube videos on um, building Legos and uh, watching them. He, he was into watching them play, play Minecraft and those you know those sort of, of video mm-hmm. gamers on there. So we, he had a subscription list because you can't just go wild on YouTube. You'll end up in... <laughs> bad place yeah <laughs> oh yes you will so, so he, he had a subscription list that he was uh, of you know people he was allowed to watch which um we pretty much trusted him with but we monitored occasionally mm-hmm. and he um i don't know how we found out that he had gone off of his subscription i think he actually told us uh-huh. <laughs> that, hey you know but so he lost he lost his his kindle which is what he used mm-hmm. the, to watch the YouTube videos on, but it wasn't it wasn't a um, okay. Since you broke my rules, I'm taking away your candle for three weeks, and you're not allowed to have it again. Right. It was okay. You knew that you knew what our rules were about staying on your subscription list, and it concerns me that you went off of your list. So we're going to have a family meeting about it, and. Um, you know, after you know, everybody gets home and gets settled in, we'll have a family meeting and we'll discuss the importance of why you have to stay on subscription, the dangers of going off of your subscriptions, why we have this rule um, in the first place, and, and why it's important for you to stick to it. And then um, I actually had him write me a paper because, hey, that counts as homeschool credit. Yeah, perfect. <laughs> nice. <laughs> write, 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 me a, I said, write me a paper on, on what you understand about this now. Um, and let me know that you understand the importance of staying on your subscription list. And so, anyway, once he once he um, sh- showed me that he understood the the point of our rule and the importance of staying on it, and we had a family meeting about it. And it wasn't a, a "you're in big trouble, Mister" kind of meeting, but a, mm-hmm. let's let's go over this again and let's talk about you know the dangers of being on the internet and. So, and we went over that, and uh, he got his Kindle back that evening, and we trusted him with it, and uh, he hasn't had any problems since. I mean, he, yeah. he, this was like a year and a half ago, but he still, you know, comes and says, hey, this person isn't on my subscription list, I would really like to watch one of the videos, will you check them out for me? And so we, we do that for him, and then if it's okay, we add him to his list, but um, that's just an example of, yes, there was a consequence that he mm-hmm. lost his Kindle for a period of time, but yeah. it wasn't in that typical 
I'm going to make you pay for this and make it hurt kind right, of way. Right, And we talk about screens and stuff as privileges as well. And, and privileges are earned through responsibility. And so there's conversations definitely around, you know, there's not, you know, there's, these are your responsibilities. And when it become when it seems to be difficult for you to get your responsibilities taken care of, you know, there's a chance that privileges are going to go away. And even it's kind of slippery, but, yeah, um, yeah. but you know, they're, when it's because they're sucked into their screen, then it feels really natural to say, it seems as though that's keeping you from showing up well mm-hmm. and, and, um, taking care of your responsibilities. So my 10 year old loves YouTube and he watches a show called Dude Perfect. <laughs> Does your I son know it. about that show? It's pretty no. awesome. You should check it out. Um, <laughs> so, and, and there was, you know, there was another time when I don't know why, but my, my younger son just had this lovely habit of wanting to waste everything in the house, just dump it all at, at his will. Nice. So, yeah, awesome. <laughs> I think he was, I think he was five or four. I don't know, but anyway, so he um, was doing this thing where he was just emptying out um, the. Uh, body wash in the bathtub like every night the entire oh, thing no. just you know emptying it out so I said okay um you're going to take your allowance that you get next time mm-hmm. and you're going to buy this back because mm-hmm. you, I need you to understand that this is stuff that costs us money and that it's wasteful to just pour it all down the drain and so it, it was a teaching moment yeah, it wasn't a totally. I'm taking, it wasn't that I'm taking your you know your allowance money away because you made me mad it was I think as long as the consequence is rooted in teaching and not in making the kid feel bad, yeah. that, you know, it's okay. You're on the right track, I think. For sure. For sure. So, um, Rebecca, my last question for you today is, what does joyful courage mean to you? Um, you know, I have written a um, a lot about loving courageously that I think mm-hmm. I even have a reminder band on that in my shop, but loving courageously is loving unconditionally in the face of a million messages that tell us we shouldn't. Mm-hmm. I think it takes courage to go down um, a less traveled path. And I also write about um, seeking joy in our ordinary days and seeing the beauty in the chaos. So uh, courage, I think, is putting your whole heart in. Mm. So I think joyful courage then is putting your whole heart in and seeing and appreciating the beauty of that every day. Oh, I love that. That's beautiful. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show today. I'm so excited for your new book. And I'm going to link people up to where they can go to pre-order because I see that on your website there's a pre-order option. Um, and I am hopeful that we can talk again. It wasn't that painful, was it? Not too bad. No. Okay, good. <laughs> can you tell listeners where they can follow you and find you? Sure. I am uh, mostly on Facebook at Positive Parenting Toddlers and Beyond. And my website is um, www.parents hyphen. No, I'm sorry. It's not. It's positive. <laughs> sorry. It's okay. Positive hyphen parents.org. And um, I also write for Creative Child Magazine, Baby Maternity Magazine. And I am on Twitter at Becky Eanes because Rebecca was taken. And I'm on Instagram at Rebecca Eanes. Okay, great. Well, I will make sure, listeners, that it'll be really easy for you, one click, to follow Rebecca on all those avenues. And uh, 
Thanks again and have a beautiful day. Thank you. You too. What a gift to have Rebecca on the show. Isn't she so fabulous? I had such a fun time talking to her. She is totally somebody that I admire. And um, anytime I open up any of her links or blog posts, I am just thrilled by what she shares and I'm often reposting things. So I just want to make sure that you all know that right now, there is a pre-order bonus that's happening when you order Positive Parenting and Essential Guide. So if you pre-order now, you receive exclusive access to Rebecca's Facebook Book Club experience where you will get direct feedback and support from her, receive complimentary PDFs for each chapter, get the support and accountability for lasting change, and be entered to win sweet prizes, including books, parenting courses, and a coaching session with a top parenting coach. So if you are thinking, hey, I might need to get my hands on this book, do it now, and you get also all of those bonuses. And I also want to mention again that my schedule is remaining open for a little while anyway um, for new coaching clients. So if you're listening to the podcast and you're really kind of feeling my vibe and appreciating what I'm putting out in the world, consider one-on-one coaching with me. It is personalized for your experience. Uh, We meet and speak on a weekly basis and it's really powerful. It's powerful accountability. It's uh, tools that I share with you to be practicing in your own, for your own internal landscape, but also with your family. And um, yeah, people really like it. There's a lot of value there. So if you're interested in that, please get in touch. Also, always appreciating feedback on iTunes. If you want to do a rate and review, that'd be great. Tell the world how much you love the podcast. If you'd like to comment on this particular show, feel free to let me know what you thought, either down below the show notes, or you can send me a direct email at casey at joyfulcourage.com. Really appreciating all of you supporting me, loving supporting you, and uh, I'll talk to you soon. Have a beautiful, beautiful day, my friends. When it comes to raising kids, there's so much to consider. Things like, what do we feed them? When do we feed them? How do they sleep? What does it look like to raise kind kids? How does their nervous system work? How do I keep myself calm? What are my triggers? There's so much that comes into play, and we are distilling all of that information for you at Voices of Your Village podcast, where we bring experts in the field of early childhood and education and psychology and across the board so that you don't have to comb the internet for information. 
you get to show up and hang out and have shame-free, judgment-free conversations and insights into what it looks like to raise kind, empathetic, emotionally intelligent humans. I'm Alyssa Blask Campbell. I have a master's degree in early childhood education. I'm a mom of two, and I am walking this journey right alongside you doing this work. Come hang out with me at Voices of Your Village, and we can dive into real conversations with actionable tips.